Greetings, I am your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to the second season of my Weirdest Experience podcast. This is the show of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. And it's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hi friends, thanks for listening. This is your host of the Weirdest Experience podcast, Tina Clark. I also wanted to share with you, I have my own energy healing business called Stargazing Angel LLC. I offer energy healing sessions, EFT tapping sessions, tarot readings, and I also offer classes on Reiki, shamanism, and tarot, and more. If you're interested in having a session with me, please call 843-695-7218, or you can email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, which is www tinakinneyclark.com that's t-i-n-a-k-i-n-n-e-y c-l-a-r-k-e hey everyone welcome to the show i have a good friend here today on the show his name is john kosma he is a producer and ceo of bang productions locally here in charleston south carolina and I know John because he called me up one day and said he was looking for an energy healer, Reiki teacher. And he told me he looked at 10 different people and he decided to call me. So when we started talking on the phone, we instantly hit it off. And we talk like we're old friends and we just met. Yeah, had a lot of, uh, well, well, thank you for having me on the show. And we had a lot of very relatable conversations in that first phone call. Yeah, the thing that I love about you is I can tell you the craziest, wonkiest experience and you just take it all in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're, you're open-minded enough that you're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Even if you don't get it, you'll say that's interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. So John had me on his podcast. It's called the Unimpressed Podcast. And, um, you know, we're interested in talking about spirituality and the possible healing modalities and options out there for everyone. And today you're going to talk about your experience with shamanic mushrooms. You went on a journey. Yes. Yes. So walk us into how that happened. Well, uh, I've been in the entertainment business for, I don't know, a long time. Um, One of my good friends uh, I've known, I think, since I was 20 years old, Eric Neese. Through the years, he, you know, he he introduced me to a lot of different um, types of people. Uh, I met a shaman supposable shaman from Estonia he introduced me to uh, we have a good friend who created uh, a superfoods company uh, called Purium 
that has probably the best foundation, the best structure for using foods for healing. Uh, and we actually did, uh, I found today I was cleaning out my stuff that we, when we moved from New Jersey, cause we were in New Jersey, uh, outside Manhattan for 12 and a half years. And <clears throat> we moved down here and I found some stuff, uh, of old, like things we developed cause we developed a lot of programming and television ideas that we pitched to networks. And there was one, I think it was. I think it was maybe 04, 05, or 07, no, 07, somewhere in that range. But we did a sizzle reel called The Healer um, about Eric. And fast forward, you know, we've been trying to do this, you know, put out this type of narrative for a long time. And I don't know if I completely understood it then, but the narrative was so far ahead of the curve. It's still ahead of the curve today. Yes. Um, and which is very, very interesting. And when Eric brought me into this world, probably the first eight to 10 years, meeting some of these people like Dave Sandoval, using foods to heal your body. Uh, and, you know, the foods that he uses are preventive, preventative measures to, you know, help prevent diseases and things like that. And I, don't, I didn't really pay attention to him. But then when I understood the foundation of it, understand how it really works it just, those things started resonating with me. And then I started, you know, looking and, and going down this path a little more. And during that time for about seven, eight years, Eric had always tried to get me to do a shamanic mushroom journey or ayahuasca journey. And I didn't want to do it. I just never did it. And then he called me, he called me, I was in New York, he was in LA and he gave me a call and he's like, Hey, I have this couple out in Malibu up on the forest Canyon. So if you're in Malibu driving down, I guess it's, it's Pacific high, Pacific coast highway. Uh, you make a right and go up La Flor, La Canyon. I think it's La Flores Canyon Boulevard. And there was a couple up there and one guy, he proclaimed to be a, uh, channeler, um, and his wife um, organized these, I don't know, these events. Like he would talk, he would channel, he supposedly channeled this Indian and he would talk to 25 people and then they would do these sh shamanic mushroom journeys and so forth. So he's like, this is a TV show. You got to come out here, film it, do, do a shamanic uh, mushroom journey with us. And I gave in and said, hey, I'm going to LA and headed out there, Malibu, California, and uh, posted up for a couple of days and uh, hung out with these people. And that's when uh, I did the journey for the first time. So, so this was in a group, a group of people. Actually, it was, it was, um, the one guy and his wife, right? And then it was Eric and then this girl. So it was just, I think it was just three of us doing the mushrooms. But what they would do, what would, when you take these mushrooms, <clears throat> they would come, when you're under the state of the mushrooms, they would come talk to you. And uh, you're supposed to talk about your, you know, 
your feelings and all the things that, you know, all this stuff kind of supposed to, all these issues that you supposedly have is supposed to come out. So you're Uh, saying the couple comes and talks to you while you're in this state. Correct. Okay. Couple. Yes. And being the first time meeting some of these people along the way, being the first time I said, okay. So we sit there, we hold hands. We, me, Eric, and this girl, we hold hands. We take the mushrooms, and then we go lay on the couch. And this guy's walking around his house, and he's ringing a bell. He's like, release the hooks. Release the hooks. Release the hooks. And I stand up. I said, release what hooks? And he said, you would be the guy to stand up. So he walks me outside and lays me down on this, like, astroturf and they're like backyard and there's a tree and it had all this weird I guess hippie shit uh (laughs) you would say uh you know around me and when I was under the state now they said you're going to see things so if you're ever in California and you see these you drive up these roads and you see how the the walls and the the mountains are it's like a dirt bank right? These dirt banks in between these roads and in, in the mountains and so forth. And in these dirt banks, you could, it, to me, it looked like these swirls. So all these swirls, like that I'd never seen before under the state. So that's, that was the first thing I remember seeing. And then, and then uh, the girl, the blonde, the girl that lived in this house and was doing these these journeys and these meetings and so forth, she, she comes to me and she says, this is where we're going to talk about your problems. And I turn around and look at her and she looked like the devil. She had the horns, uh, red, you know, the red face, everything looked exactly like the devil. I didn't say two words to her. I cut her completely off. I walked away from her, went back, went over there, laid down. And I can remember Riz coming by whispering stuff in my ear and so forth. And then all of a sudden, I just, I don't know, I felt like it's in a very, very dark place. And, 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 and then it's, you know, I started having a conversation with somebody for like two hours. And they're like, you can do what you want to do. And it's like, okay, check. You're very, and I kept telling them, you are very powerful. Check. And it was like a, I was almost like a computer program. I was like, check, yes, check, yes, check, right? And then I can remember they were like, we're going to protect you from these people. And it was like a tribe of people came down and were walking around me. And I can remember these rattles. It was like, like a So while these rattles are circling me, I continue to have this conversation about what I could do. And I could just remember going up certain levels. Like I can remember, I think Obama was the president at the time. And I can remember my mind going like, you can do more than the president. And my mind was like, it was weird. Like my mind was going above like a presidential type status. I remember that very distinctly. Um, and that was interesting to say the least. And then, you know, after these being told of what I could do and, 
and you can do anything in the world. And um, that's when some of the spiritual stuff and it's almost like uh, being in that place, I went from a dark place to a very light place. Um, and then, you know, they started talking to me about God. They said, you don't know the power of God. And when we were talking, having that conversation, I can remember just like energy, just like energy. And it was like friction. It was almost like electricity on the ground. And it was just, just a constant. And while they were telling me about spirituality and the power of God and so forth. And Eric was there. Um, my friend and Eric looked like a dragon um to me and that was 11 years ago and i got that kind of came to fruition 10 11 years later because i never told eric anything about the experience um which was very very interesting so see eric my friend i've known since i'm 20 he looks like a dragon and that was in my head for a long time and i didn't know if it was good or bad uh, I really contemplated what that was. Uh, and at the time, I think Eric was in a very dark place because he got upset because somehow those people made him get upset with me during this uh, journey. Um, and I didn't know why. It's almost like there was a um, some type of... Uh, I don't know when, when jealousy or some kind of jealous reaction from Eric. And I don't know where that came from. I never, I've never asked him about that until this day. Um, but I think there was something, some narrative put in his head. Um, that wasn't good. Um, and I can remember, you know, these people also telling me that you're a king saying you're a king, you, you know, you can do whatever you want to do and just kept repeating these things to me. And like I said, it was almost like a computer download. Um, so coming out of that, I never told Eric what I saw of him. I never told Eric what I saw of that girl because at the time Eric was living with these people. And I don't know, come out of that, you know, is a very interesting experience. I think it pushed my mind to a different level. Um, Six months later, I told Eric, I said, did you get rid of the devil bitch? All right. And then he backtracks and tells me that these people took money from him, that they were somewhat fraudulent and uh, how they did business because they would have several, several people up to their house and like 25 people at a time, three or four days a week and charge these people, you know, $20 a head to hear this guy talk. So they, they had somewhat of a business. And they, like I said, they ended up stealing money from Eric and she tried to, she would, she would do these journeys with Eric and try and try to do things to him under this state, um, because he was a celebrity. Um, but I never told Eric about, uh, the experience I, you know, what I, what he looked like. Right. Mm -hmm. So Eric got married, Eric got married and. I didn't see Eric for like seven, eight years um, because this marriage he was in, he's divorced now, this marriage he was in, that looked very weird to me. 
very, very weird. It seemed like it wasn't a match. And fast forward to March of last year, after not seeing Eric for a long time, he comes and sees me here in Charleston, South Carolina. And my wife was my witness, and I told her what I saw 11 years ago. Uh, and Eric had been in Peru uh, doing these ayahuasca journeys. And he and I told him what I saw. And then he, 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 well, first he tells me that he's doing these ayahuasca journeys in Peru. He'd done like probably too many of them. I think he does too many of them. But he told me that this dragon keeps showing up. And he's been fighting this dragon and he was fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. And then finally the dragon tells him that I'm here to protect you. Um, I'm here to guide you, blah, blah, blah. And then Mimi being my witness and me seeing him look like a dragon 11 years ago. I said, well, that's what I saw 11 years ago during my, during this shamanic mushroom journey. So that came full circle. Uh, so my eyes didn't lie to me about who he was and what he was. And it didn't lie to me about who the blonde girl was and what they were doing. As I guess when my sensitivities were so heightened, um, these things were revealed to me. Well, it's like you were looking at them, but you saw behind the mask, right? Mm-hmm. Or you saw behind mm-hmm. the facade and saw mm-hmm. who they really were. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, and then my life, you know, when I did that journey, my life changed my business. Uh, I don't know. My business started growing. I looked at things a lot different. Um, and it was almost like I tapped into some knowledge that, um, that nobody knew in a way. So I've been kind of a, since that experience, I've been kind of a trailblazer um, with my business and been ahead of the curve um, and I had a head of a curve thought process uh, about how things can be done in this in this modern day time. So do you feel like you can see through people's masks now better after this journey? Yeah, I really do. I think I think my first instincts tells me a lot. I think I've I think sometimes I've questioned myself too many times and, and went down a rabbit hole and tried to th- overthink who somebody was sometimes. But all in all, yeah, I think I can recognize people pretty quickly. Do you think that was the result of the journey too? Um I think I had that. I think I had it pretty much. I think I had those instincts all the time, but I think the journey kind of brought it together and made it more powerful than what it was and open, open my mind up to a lot of things, you know? Yeah. Cause it really showed you in an obvious way how to look at people or you have this ability to look at people and see past the front that they may have or the mass that mm-hmm. they have. Mm-hmm. And a lot, a lot of things too, like that I will, you know, a, a lot of things that I will uh, assume, I guess I'll use the word assume about people. 
usually comes true six months, a year, two years, three years down the road, you know? Um, so, uh, that's, you know, that's interesting as well. Yeah. So maybe more prophetic, what I call prophecy, you can predict what might happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these, well, these decisions I make sometimes, um, you know, I don't know what they mean and they may not seem like the right decision, but usually, uh, they work out in the long run. You know, even though I may question those decisions. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the same concept as following your intuition, right? Mm-hmm. We follow your intuition. There's no reasoning. It could be more feeling, you know, this, what's, this mm-hmm. is what feels right or. This is what feels right to me right now. So that's what I'm going to pursue or that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I think, you know, a lot of people say they, you know, Eric does these, these journeys all the time, but I think once I tapped into it, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I need to do it that again, maybe, maybe another time or something. But I think once you, uh, resonate that thought process. Um, you know, you just try to, I guess, improve it along the way. Yeah. I think sense. there's, there's a various ways you could get information like that. And you got it directly while you were doing the mushrooms, but I've gotten information because I used to get a lot of readings from people. And they would mm-hmm. tell me the same things over and over again. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the messages I've gotten is, you already know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like almost, you don't need this reading, Tina. You already know what to do. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Which always makes me laugh because I'm like, okay, well, but I'm paying this person. So tell tell this person, give them something. <laughs> Besides, Tina already knows what she's doing, but I think that's good because I used to get a message years ago that I was just beginning, you know, like I was just starting, mm-hmm. you know, like I, like a group of women would show up and they would say, oh, Tina's just starting this journey. But I was like chomping at the bit to get into it. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never, you know, you said you, you see people and that's one thing I've never done. I've I've never, I guess I saw people for what they were in real time, but I've never seen people outside of that, you know? Um, And when I was under that state, I just saw energy and I heard voices, but I didn't see anything. So I'm trying to say like, what does that mean? You you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it's something that you can develop, you know, like you, you have the ability if your inhibitions are down or if your thinking mm-hmm. mind is steps aside, mm-hmm. you you have that ability, but the, the plant medicine helped you, you know, see more clearly the facades. That's what's interesting yeah, or I'm- not a facade for Eric, but by his higher self or an important mm-hmm. side to himself was mm-hmm. a dragon. 
and it's weird. Eric's been in my life for 30 years, you know, which is very interesting as well. You know, and I met Eric through my college roommate. Um, they were best friends and that's how we became friends. So yeah, it's a very, very interesting path, uh, I guess, to say the least. Yeah, sometimes it takes time for our friends, or in this case, you, it took you a while to really understand what he was talking about. Like I have a, I have a neighbor for 10 years, and he was one of the first guys I worked on for Reiki. And it really helped him. You know, but I don't think he really knew how much till in the past couple of years. <laughs> and then suddenly he reached out to me and he said, you know, I want to thank you for what you did for me years ago, because I really changed my life since then. You know, mm -hmm. He left a toxic marriage. He was able to. And then he started getting more into spirituality. And then he finally got to the point where he wanted to learn Reiki also. And mm -hmm. he reached out to me. He's like, I want to learn all of it. And I was like, really? You know, what happened? You know, you've been quiet all these years. He's like, I'm just, I've been practicing and I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to do more. Interesting. Yeah. Where did, this guy, where did this guy live? In Virginia. He was a neighbor of mine up in Northern Virginia. And mm -hmm. we've known each other a long time. And this year, he's going to take Reiki Master at the end of the year. So when I, here's a, another interesting thing. When I first met him, I said, well, you need to meditate. You need to calm your mind. He's like, I can't do that. I just fall asleep. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. Well, when he reached out to me to get Reiki training, he says, oh, I meditate all the time. And I see all these things now. So he doesn't fall asleep anymore. So he's really evolved and, and practiced and he's gotten better at mm -hmm. it. So you mm -hmm. can do that. I, you can be completely terrible at meditation. You could fall asleep. You could, you know, just be frustrated and give up. But if you just practice, just keep at it, you're going to get better. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I've been having a lot of dreams, you know. I've had a lot of dreams lately. I had to think about what what the dreams were, but um had some very interesting dreams, to say the least. Um so, you know, you know, where do we go? What how do we use this? How do we, you know, maybe we're doing what we're supposed to do. I don't know. I always feel like there's something more we could do. You know, I'm that I'm that type of person. How do I push this to the how do I push this to the limit, you know? Me too. I'm the same way. How do you reach more people? How do you help more people? You yeah. Know? So, yeah, good stuff. Well, and, supposedly, <clears throat> and supposedly this is the interesting, most interesting time in the world right now. I believe it. You know? So I guess we shall see what happens. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So any more mushroom journeys in your future? I don't know. I mean, Eric, you know, Eric wants me to come out to Hawaii. And I think you're going out to Hawaii. Um, 
uh, and you should see him, but um, I don't know, potentially, we'll see. Um, in my mind right now, it doesn't say, hey, go for it, you know. Yeah. But, but if I if it if I get there and show up and it makes sense, maybe I'll do it, you know. Maybe not have the devil around you while you're journeying. That would be a plus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what's weird is that person I think was running for mayor of Malibu. Which is very interesting. Very, very interesting. But I do, I do know this. Um, but all the other thing, the other funny experience was the next day after the journey, <clears throat> we went back to the house and he had about 20 people there. He's channeling this, this supposable Indian, right? And he goes around the room and he tells all these people. And I don't know if I've told you this, um, this story, but he tells all these people that you know, about who they are and what they are and so forth. And I never raised my hand. So he, he went around the whole room, talked to everybody. And then he came, he, he kind of, kind of pinned me down. And he said, um, something, I can't remember how he said it or what he said. He just said something. He's telling me that your spirit animal is a Genghis Khan which I found very, very, or not spirit animal, but spirit guide, was spirit guide. Mm-hmm. Um, spirit guide, my spirit guide was Genghis Khan, which I thought was interesting. It's like he had to tell me that because I didn't raise my hand or anything like that. So that was very interesting the next day when I went to their house. Hmm. I don't know if I'd want Genghis Khan to be my spirit guide, but <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you think about these things, how their people are portrayed in history, you know, what was yeah. you know, he was portrayed as a killer, you know, and portrayed, but you know, was that narrative changed? Was it manipulated? Was he doing it for other reasons? You know, because natives supposedly, and I think you told me this, you said natives and Asians um, were the only types of people that uh, live in both worlds at the time. They lived in the right. spirit world and lived in the real world at the same time. Is that something you told me or I don't know where I heard that? Probably. But if that was, you know, if that was the case, then, you know, what was he thinking at that time and why he was doing what he was doing? What was he really fighting? You know, they, they ask, they, they, you know, they portray him as a, a conqueror. Mm-hmm. But do we really know what he was actually fighting? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can't trust history at all. Mm-hmm. You can't trust the stories. Yeah. So maybe, there, you know, maybe there was some truth in that. I don't know. Maybe the yeah. guy... But I do remember this, the guy who was supposed to have the abilities, he was clear. He was his, he was very clear. I didn't see anything um, bad in him. It was just his wife. And then what I saw in Eric. That's good. I'm not a big fan of channeling. Really? No, because 
I feel like people think they're channeling something good and they could be easily manipulated because their discernment is off. Mm -hmm. So they're not assessing, they're not being careful enough, allowing this being to communicate through them. And it could be a trickster type being pretending to be of the light. Mm -hmm. So I don't really, I don't like channeling. I don't do it myself. Um, and, and there are people who do, there's all sorts of channeling, but there's people that step aside and let the being come in their body. Like that's mm -hmm. a big no, no for me. I would never do that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Even if it was for Jesus or Mary Magdalene, I probably <laughs> actually, yeah. you don't need to, you don't need to step aside. You can still be there and hear the messages, but I don't like that. Yeah, and is that a, is that a true message? too yeah. is that the somewhere in an intermediate in an intermediate position in the world that didn't quite get to the right place yeah and one one warning sign are people who say they only want to deal with light beings and the light and they completely ignore any shadow side dark stuff those mm -hmm. are the people i actually don't trust because they're they're not balanced do you know what i mean like we have light and we have dark you can't just ignore the dark stuff yeah it's almost like a bypassing denial thing and then that's what the dark loves is they'll take advantage of those people mm -hmm. because those people refuse to believe that they're channeling anything but good mm -hmm. and i've had this thought process too about everything when you everything in between like um i went to this voodoo store in new orleans on bourbon street and you talk about those elements of good and bad but for some reason i've had these, this thought process of you know the voodoo and all that stuff are, are elements of everything but it's a very uh, mediocre position and the only thing that drives that um is the the fear of the people that are um recognizing it and i you know it's a very weak position first and that's something that's um i don't know i've had a rationale about that all this all these elements of real-time elements of of evil or whatever you think it is i think are a very weak position because it's pulling from elements of good and bad and the, it's you know it's driven by fear yeah well so. the, i'm so glad you brought up voodoo because i was telling a story to my friends the other night about marie Lavu. and when i last time i went to new orleans marie Lavu came forward and i talked with her but marie Lavu is the, vo the voodoo queen right that's what she's known as mm -hmm. yeah and then one of my friends pops in and says, oh, I've read about Marie Laveau and she was doing all these evil things. And, and I was looking at her like, mm, that's not resonating with me. That's not the being that was talking to me. You know, they'll write, you know, and they'll, if you find a powerful woman, they'll try to trash her in any way possible. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you really believe that article you wrote i mean you read about her i don't believe it because that's not how she felt like to me 
To me, she felt like an embodiment of divine feminine energy. Mm -hmm. That she represented divine feminine energy and, and that was her city. So she was almost coming forward and greeting me in, in a benevolent way, you know, not like uh, territorial or anything negative. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just, I told her, I was like, don't believe everything that you read and hear about a person. Just like with Genghis Khan, we really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What his mission was, what his purpose was. Maybe he was just trashed by the historians as evil because mm -hmm. he was a powerful Asian man. Yeah. Or because Marie Laveau was a powerful black woman. Mm -hmm. You know, they do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they don't have any other. It can never, the narrative is never good, never. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you take the law of percentages and say everything is bad, I don't know. I don't think everything is bad. I don't think, right. you know, every narrative, every narrative in the news, every narrative we see in real time is usually negative anyway. So, right. Sometimes you got to divide that by two and subtract you know 50 percent, then you might get some type of real answer i i think the best thing is if you hear a narrative ask yourself does this feel true mm -hmm. you always have to go back to yourself yeah does this feel yeah. true does this feel right does this feel off and if you're interested in it research it read about it and then check in again. Does this feel right? Yeah, I, I, I think if you see somebody that's dark, you know they're dark. Mm -hmm. There's just something about them. They just have a different, it's almost like they're, there's no cognitive thinking at all in most dark people, you know? You know, and I think, you know, if you can pick the, the non-cognitive evil you know positions are not con cognitive thinkers and they were e in an evil position um they probably are what they are and that's that and i don't know to rationalize that i mean i think it's like the elevator don't go to the top uh, you know it's a one track position mm -hmm. type of deal you know what i mean yeah so are you encountering people like that no, I just, uh, I watched this, I watched this, um, documentary and I don't remember this guy's name. Um, the guy in England, um, that had sex with all those cadavers and girls, young girls and sleeping people. I can't remember the name of the guy. Was he in the entertainment business, like a comedian? Something like that, but like yeah. he would, he would parade the streets and, and he did this for 30 years and he was doing bad things the whole time he was doing this. And I, I don't know, there was something about that personality that I said, that's a modern day devil walking the streets. And it's almost like he knew it mm -hmm. and he was able to get away with it because it was so in front, he was out front ahead of it, you know, and it did, you know and very visible publicly and didn't care. 
Or yeah, there yeah. were probably signs there was something wrong, but people either protected him or dismissed their feelings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, that only happens every now and then where I would think that, but uh, that's what I thought of that guy. Yeah. Just how his mannerisms and how he acted and so forth. You know, and and was meeting the king and queen of England and all this kind of stuff at a very doing things at a very high level, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but behind closed doors, it was not a good situation. So yeah, that's one. I've never been around one that extreme, but that was one that stood out to me. I'm trying to think if I have. I just don't run in those circles, you know. Yeah. I I keep a I keep really good people around me. Yeah. Really high vibrational people. I don't want to The only dark stuff I'm dealing with is on a spiritual level mm-hmm. once in a while. And mm-hmm. it's because people are coming to me for help. Mhm. And you know, I deal with it as I come, but Mm-hmm. And sometimes they come find me. Yeah. They need to well, deal with it. Well, when I looked you up, you were the, I don't know, you were the most least advertised person on the internet in this area. But then when I looked at you, I was like, hmm, I, I don't know, I just called you first for some reason. That was the only phone call I made. But I thought there was a lot of fake fake positions in that healing space in this area yeah very very commercialized Mm -hmm. well i'm gonna change that i'm gonna become more advertised because i'm getting my website redone well i I think you can be advertised if you have the right narrative you know i think people will see see the difference in the narrative compared to something that's real and something that's not completely real and then people know about me and i have never met them before and like i was telling you earlier um people recommend me i've never met them before i think Mm. that's amazing Mm -hmm. i don't normally recommend people that i don't know you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Mm -hmm. that that i haven't worked with or know how they work or or I'm kind of careful about that, but there are people recommending me out there locally and never met me before. Hmm. So there must be a word of mouth, <laughs> local reputation. You know, people yeah. talk to each other, you know, and you help them. They'll, they'll tell other people about you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you resonated with Eric. I mean, very similar narrative of, of to me i mean he's a little more extreme um but yeah i mean i think you know i mean i think people know you know how things resonate the narrative what makes sense what doesn't make sense um you know unless you're just completely naive to everything and you may not you know and you may need to go through a couple situations <laughs> to get to get to the right person you know yeah 
Well, though there's a lot of people like that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how can people find you, John? Because I know that uh, you've got a bunch of different Facebook pages and you have the podcast. So where they can find. Uh, yeah, just anything about my company. We're a meta partner. We're one of the biggest publishers on social media, um, believe it or not. Um, so you can just find find all that information at Bang Productions tv.com bangproductionstv.com and that will give you pretty much a full story on on me who what my business is what we do and the media we put out and uh yeah that's probably the easiest place to go yeah well thanks john for being on the podcast oh i enjoyed it yeah i mean it was uh i think that's a very interesting story um you know it uh it's in the books now, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see in five years if I'm speaking somewhere, doing something different. <laughs> like, hey, what's this guy talking about? It's, it's out there true. now. You true. can't take yeah, it. Everybody knows now, John, yeah. that you saw yeah. the devil. Yeah. It's all true. <laughs> At least I'm on the right side. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So cool. Well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it, and hopefully, the story will resonate. Yeah, it's always fun talking with you. Cool, cool. Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.